This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. What up, listener? We wanted to take a second to thank you for listening to this Blue Wire podcast. Be sure to show your support to this pod by subscribing and dropping a five-star review on iTunes, a follow on Spotify, or the appropriate dap for any other platform you might be listening on. And if you're enjoying this show, chances are you'll like one of our 75 other sports podcasts. Find more shows you'll love at bluewirepods.com. Thanks again for listening, and now back to your regularly scheduled podcast. Blue Wire. The Arizona Cardinals select Kyler Murray. And the 2019 Offense Rookie of the Year is... This year's most valuable player, Lamar Jackson. Jackson himself. Look at him turn back and forth. Oh! He broke his ankles. He is Houdini. Touchdown, Patrick Mahomes with a rope. Chiefs are Super Bowl champions here in Miami. All right, guys, welcome back to the Established Pass Podcast. This is Clutch Points. I am your host, Blake Lovell. With me is my co-host, Dill Reagan, and we're back for another fun, exciting episode. Here in the uh, wild NFL offseason already, uh, it's rumor season, and we'll get to those here in a bit. But before we do, Dylan, uh, we have uh, some exciting news. We are uh, joining the Blue Wire Network uh, here, bringing the podcast over there, and uh, fine folks over there apparently wanted to establish the pass a bit more on their <laughs> podcast network, and uh, we're excited to, to come on there with them. Yeah, absolutely. Excited to join Blue Wire. Uh, we're moving over there as well as the Battle for LA podcast, which we've obviously promoted a number of times here with our Lakers and Clippers reporters, Ryan Ward and Tomer Azerly. So excited for, yeah, they've been, you know, just great since the start. Everything, the whole onboarding process has been really easy and excited to have our podcast hosted there now moving forward. It's going to be fun. We, yeah, we'll find plenty of things to talk about. We know the <laughs> season's over, this, but, you know, free agency is not that far off. The combine's not far off, the draft. So plenty of things to uh, discuss. And yeah, there are plenty of rumors to talk about today. Yep, for sure. And uh, the rumors already hit. Uh, hot and heavy here as we expected and some of them certainly uh, more legitimate than others um, which we'll get to those uh, here in a bit in terms of the ones that may not be so legitimate Uh, but we start off with the big news and uh, that is of course the one uh, we all pretty much expected Uh, I don't think there was really much of a surprise uh, when the Los Angeles Chargers announced on Monday that uh, Phillip Rivers would not return to the team next season he will enter free agency and he will uh, be playing for another team. And uh, that is going to be sort of a different type of feeling, I guess, because uh, we've known Philip Rivers with one team throughout his entire career at this point, and that is the Chargers. But uh, he will not return. And, uh, I, you know, the way you sort of read everything sounds like something that was pretty much, uh, you know, a mutual agreement, which that's how it's worded. Um, you know, different sides could have different stories on this. But um, here's the the release from the Chargers general manager, uh, Tom Telesco. Here's what he had to say, uh, quote, after stepping back a bit from last season, 
We reconnected with Philip and his representatives to look at how 2019 played out, assess our future goals, evaluate the current state of the roster, and see if there was a path forward that made sense for both parties. As we talked through various scenarios, it became apparent that it would be best for Philip and the Chargers to turn the page on what has truly been a remarkable run. We agreed that making this decision well before free agency would allow everyone to put themselves in the best position for success in 2020. I've said before that Philip can still compete at a top starter level and in a perfect world, number 17 is your quarterback forever. Uh, obviously, we live in an imperfect world where the only constant is change. I think Phillip's uh, tremendous perspective, both when it comes to football and when it comes to life, helped lend clarity to a very complex situation, uh, end quote. And this is uh, the quote uh, from Rivers here. Uh, I'm very grateful to the Spanos family and the Chargers organization for the last 16 years. And anything you do is the people you do it with that make it special. There are so many relationships and memories with coaches, support staff, and teammates that will last forever, and for that I'm so thankful. I never took for granted the opportunity to lead this team out onto the field for 235 games. We had a lot of great moments beginning in San Diego and then finishing in L.A. I wish my teammates and coaches nothing but the best moving forward. I'm not sure what the future holds, but my family and I look forward to seeing what God has planned for us next. End quote. So, there's a response from both sides. Like I said, Dylan, not a surprise. Um, we knew this was coming, and now it's just a matter of, you know, where does he go from here? Where do they go from here? Uh, it certainly sets up a lot of intriguing questions moving forward. Yeah, I mean, Philip Rivers obviously isn't done. This isn't the case of Eli Manning where you could tell the skill set has kind of diminished to the point where, uh, and for Eli too, he, a guy that just really did not see himself playing elsewhere with Rivers it would have been one thing if they're still in San Diego with all those fans there. The last few years here in LA have been maybe awkward, I guess would be a way to describe it. It's never really, I mean, the Chargers obviously haven't really been welcomed with open arms in Los Angeles yet. And now, you know, I think about the last game that he played as a, a home Charger was against the Raiders and the whole place obviously filled with all the silver and black fans here in Los Angeles. And it's kind of crazy to think about how, you know, all these years, I mean, it's, if, it's crazy. I mean, I was only, what, I guess 12 years old, I think, when he got drafted. And uh, more than half my lifetime, he's been playing for the, yeah. for the Chargers and between two cities. And at, at certain times, uh, incredibly well. I, You know, when I remember his career, I'm going to think about how he played with the Torn ACL against the Patriots in the AFC title game and nearly beat that undefeated Patriots team on the road. Uh, played pretty well. And just a, a guy that, yeah, I mean, you talked about all those games. We talked about Eli Manning and him, his ability to stay on the field and all the things he did with his longevity. But Rivers' streak of just consecutive starts is insane. And um, just a guy that for all the hits he's taken and all the different things that he's criticized for, always stayed on the field, always kept the Chargers. And a lot of years when uh, other parts of the roster were not so great, uh, kept them afloat. And now here, I mean, 2018, it looked, it looked like everything was uh, just flowing well. That that team went obviously 12 and four, things a little bit different this season. You can understand why the Chargers will move on at this point. And uh, I don't know if Rivers would want to stay there and kind of serve as the uh, – uh, the guy to to pass the torch to the next quarterback. To, if they tr draft someone at number six, we'll talk about that. But um, yeah, we'll see where he ends up. Uh, a few intriguing destinations. I, I know one that had been mentioned as a place that he'd be interested in was the Titans. But uh, Ian Rappaport today was talking about how they're, they seem pretty set on bringing back Tannehill. So now from there, yeah, I mean, a number of teams are looking at quarterbacks in the open market. But then again, this is a pretty crowded um, free agent quarterback class coming up. 
Yeah, it is. And uh, like you said, that it opens some possibilities for him. There are a lot of different places he could go. You know, I think about his tenure with the Chargers and one of the more, I guess, underrated sort of aspects of his tenure there. And this is me kind of going back uh, to, to this rivalry, which at the time, you know, they've talked since about how it really was never uh, a situation of them disliking each other or anything like that. But the uh, Philip Rivers, Jay Cutler rivalry, uh, that was always uh, <laughs> a very fun one. I thought whenever, of course, Cutler was with the, uh, the Broncos there for a bit mm-hmm. and then he, then he went to the bears, but uh, it seemed like they always had some, some very intriguing uh, back and forth between those two. And, and again, I mean, he, he won a lot of games there. And I think the one thing that the people are going to remember, I mean, my goodness, you just look at his numbers. I mean, he, he's put up insane numbers. Uh, he's been, you know, one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL for many years. And uh, now, like we said, now stepping into a new chapter when it comes to uh, the potential destinations for him. And as you mentioned, you know, there are lots of different ones here um, because we know uh, it's something where he may not get in a spot where he's going to start 16 games next year, uh, but he could get in a spot where, look, there's a team that either signs him uh, to try to push someone else, a.k.a. the Chicago Bears, um, or, you know, it's a team maybe in the same sort of situation like with the Colts, um, and then you've got the Bucks. We don't know what their situation is going to be with Jameis Winston and all that. Uh, you mentioned the Titans. I mean, there, there are lots of potential options here. I guess when we look at it, uh, I'm not going to put you on the spot and force you to make a prediction here because, uh, as we know, uh, the rumors are going to change every hour until uh, he signs somewhere. Uh, but if you had to pick right now the, the one you think Knowing what we know now, and obviously we can't predict what kind of effect that Tom Brady could have on this entire, you know, domino here effect, because he's going to, he's the one that's going to, you know, probably determine everything in terms of uh, ultimately if he says, okay, I'm not going back to the Patriots. Well, then that changes everything because then yeah. you have, you know, like I said, the domino effect of where, okay, well, he's going to go somewhere else then river's going to go. So, so it makes it a lot more intriguing when you think of it that way, but Knowing what we know right now, let's assume that Tom Brady goes back to the Patriots. Uh, what makes the most sense uh, for Philip Rivers right now? For Philip Rivers, uh, yeah, uh, going over in my mind some of the different possible destinations, I think of a place that needs uh, great structure in terms of the offensive line in particular. We've seen over the course of his career how Rivers uh, in under pressure and when he has a clean pocket, the, the numbers are just pretty staggering the the splits there so yeah I think the Colts for his own sake have to make the most sense their offensive line one of the better ones in the NFL uh Frank Reich and you know they didn't end the season how they you know envisioned and early in the season they looked pretty good with Jacoby Brissett under center over the course of the year that kind of faded so for Rivers' own personal sake, I feel like that could be the best fit. I know he just moved back to Florida, so uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Bruce Arians and Tampa Bay would make a run at him. I, I just don't know how he you – know, there's a ton of weapons there. It, it, it reminds me kind of of some of the uh, – when you looked at uh, some of these teams in the Chargers when he was earlier in his tenure when they had Vincent Jackson and some of these other big targets. Uh, definitely an offense that could be exciting to watch him in, but you also worry, you know, a guy that's pretty turnover prone is Tampa Bay going to try to find someone that's – uh, you know, a little bit better at protecting the football. They've had a, enough of Jameis's antics, it seems like, at this point <laughs> on the field itself. So, uh, yeah, for I, I would say the Colts make the most sense for me. I, I know the Panthers were another one that's been mentioned. Uh, it would be interesting to see how that would work. But I, I think they should probably go with a younger uh, quarterback. And for the Colts, they have, you know, they, they could try to bring in a young guy too. But I think they're a team that is built 
else, you know, roster wise to compete now. They just really need a quarterback under center. That's why the Andrew Luck retirement hit so hard. And I, I think Philip Rivers could be an intriguing uh, option there. A guy that uh, for a number of years uh, brought a lot of heartache to the Colts fans. He has at least, <laughs> I know, a couple of times that the Chargers knocked out the Colts in the playoffs back uh, during when he was younger. But uh, I think that could be a, the best fit when I look at them right now. Well, I think about it from Rivers' perspective, and um, if, if you want to go play in a, a division that doesn't have great defenses, I'd love to play for the Bucks um, because, like you said, <laughs> they have weapons, then you get to go up against the Falcons' defense, the Panthers' defense. Uh, now I've given. They're both going to be improved. We, we at least hope they are uh, going into to next season. Now the Saints, that's sort of a different story, but uh, we kind of go back and forth with the Falcons and Panthers' defense at times, and we did throughout the season. Um, but yeah, it's, it's an interesting thing to think about. And I don't, you know, for, for me being local, I, I don't see the Titans really in that mix. As you mentioned earlier mm-hmm. with Ryan Tannehill, I, I just don't think that, that it makes a lot of sense for them. Uh, now you could, you could do a lot worse, you know, I mean, if you decided to bring him in and, and you have someone that, that has all this experience, but like we said, given how Ryan Tannehill ended the year, uh, you assume Derrick Henry's going to be back. I'm not sure why the Titans would make a ton of changes there. Uh, you know, completely sort of change what got them to, I mean, like we said, mm-hmm. realistically, a couple quarters away from getting to the Super Bowl. Um, so, yeah, it's it's going to be fascinating. As you said, the Colts uh, seem to be the team that, that everyone's kind of pointing to at this point. Um, but we never know uh, what it's going to look like. And, and as we said, they could all sort of depend on Tom Brady, and we'll get to him here in just a bit. But that's from the standpoint of Phillip Rivers. Now, from the standpoint of the Chargers, because, uh, you know, when you put it out publicly and you make it clear, uh, you need a new quarterback now. And uh, that opens up a a lot of possibilities. And, you know, one of the things that the Ian Rappaport said uh, after they announced that that Rivers wouldn't return was that, and, you know, again, this is kind of his report based on what he's heard, but that, you know, Phillip Rivers didn't really fit what Anthony Lynn wanted to do in terms of the style of play. Um, Mm -hmm. He wants someone that's more of a, you know, a mobile type quarterback, maybe a younger type of quarterback. Uh, And now, you know, that leads us to the the NFL draft. And that's where, you know, guys like Tua come into the mix. You know, Justin Herbert, guys like that who are certainly going to be options. You know, the Chargers are going to look at them and see them as potentially, you know, that next fit. And, And that, too, kind of brings up the question is, okay, if they go that route, you know, are one of them plugged in right away? Are they the guy that's starting, you know, day one? You still got Tyrod Taylor there. Um, it's There's lots of options, I think, for the Chargers here. And it, it's very, I mean, it's very fascinating from Phillip Rivers' perspective in terms of where he goes. But now it's also fascinating to see where the Chargers go. Yeah, Tyrod has a lot of experience as the placeholder at the top of the QB yeah. depth chart. I, I mean, at this point in his career, I don't think he would be upset about that again here. But, you know, the Chargers, uh, again, a, a team that does have a lot of talent, a lot of things going for them. And I mean, we as we talked about all year, a team that we had much higher expectations for a season ago. I still think a lot of those pieces being involved, they're saying they could, you know, franchise Hunter Henry possibly and make sure he stays. I think it's a place where a, a rookie quarterback could start off the bat and, you know, they take some bumps here and there. But it could work out fine, especially if it's two or Justin Herbert will be in interesting to see if Tua is still available. I mean, the Dolphins have been uh, rumored quite a bit. They're sitting at number five. I know other teams could trade up above them to take Tua. Uh, This is all assuming, obviously, Joe Burrow goes to the Bengals at number one. And then, yeah, Justin Herbert's the guy that is mentioned a lot with the Chargers. Uh, There's been LA Times articles and things like that about him being connected and how he could fit. 
uh, I could you could see it working out. Um, but a guy that isn't, you know, uh, just overall, you're not as confident that long term he's going to be the perfect fit. I mean, it's pretty much at this point, Joe Burrow and Tua. And then after that, and at least in my mind, there's a, a drop off for sure in, in terms of the potential you're looking at. But Justin Herbert did a lot of good things. He fits into that kind of mold of what you're saying Anthony Lynn's looking for. Yep. If you want to go further down, I mean, you got Jordan Love, Jalen Hurts. These guys are also able to move and uh, younger dudes that can get the job done. So we'll see. I, I I do think that a young quarterback, I don't think getting a placeholder unless it's Tom Brady, which that's you know a very outside chance I would think at this point. We, we've heard all the rumors and how the Chargers are planning to go after him and if it works out great like that i mean if that's the kind of guy that you're not gonna (laughs) you're not gonna say no to if he's interested in playing for your uh, football team but other outside of him i assuming drew Brees also doesn't want a reunion there's not a lot of options in the free agent market i think the chargers should go after this point i think they need to you know just kind of start anew with a young guy and whether they have to trade up if they really like to it or if herbert kind of just slides in and really fits into where their draft slot is and what they're looking for that could be the uh could be the solution at this point. Well, I'm going to say this, and this should probably make Chargers fans happy because, as we know on the history of this podcast, as someone who went against the Titans uh, pretty much the entire season, and, and they were, like I said, a win away from the Super Bowl, um, you know, sometimes my predictions don't go as well as, as I think they will. I just don't see Tom Brady, you know, with the Chargers. Like, I just, I'm not, I don't know that that's, <laughs> you know, the best fit for him. Um, and, and I know location wise, it would make sense. Um, you know, you've got Tom Brady out there in your neck of the woods. You've got LeBron, you, you know, you've got the, the, the epicenter of sports there, um, in Los Angeles. Now you get Mookie Betts and I mean, you just, you're getting everyone. Um, <laughs> but I also, like I said, I just, I don't know, you know, because the Melvin Gordon situation, we've still got that, um, you know, Hunter Henry, what the Chargers do there. That's another sort of interesting piece of, of business they're going to have to do this off season. So there's, there's lots of things that they're unknown with this Chargers team. But like you said, it is something where we feel like at this point we feel pretty certain that the Chargers are going to at least try to pursue that route of bringing in Brady. Um, but if they don't, they have options, and they have young options, and that could very well be you know the way they decide to go. And that's where it opens up, I think, a fascinating look at the AFC West in general. And we talked about this towards the end of the season Yes, the Chiefs are the Super Bowl champions, but you know you look at the rest of the teams in that division. You feel like the Raiders are on the way up. You feel like the Broncos are on the way up, and now you've got the Chargers, who you know wound up being the team that felt like you know maybe they were in the worst spot of anyone in that division after the season. Um, so it is. It's it's very interesting because you know there, it's not really a situation anymore to where. You know, the Broncos maybe had some down years. The Raiders were always that team that while they tried to make strides, it just felt like they never really got there. But but now, you know, feeling like they're both of those teams are on the way up. The Chiefs aren't going anywhere. Uh, it's it's a pretty, you know, I don't even know. I mean, it's a pretty big spot here for the Chargers to, to get this right, certainly uh, moving on from Phillip Rivers mm-hmm. and now, you know, needing to get this quarterback thing right. Because if not, you know, that's, that's a big part of, of trying to, you know, chase the Chiefs. And if they don't get that right, then then that's going to sort of affect everything else. Yeah, Tom Brady is definitely a temporary solution. Even if the guy plays another five years, I wouldn't put it past him at this point. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's that that Patrick Mahomes factor has got a sting. I, I, I'm very happy, you know, that he's not in the NFC West. I'll just put it that way. But <laughs> 
I, I love watching him. I love being able to not have to worry about him facing one of my favorite teams <laughs> at least once a year, if not twice. Uh, that that puts a huge, uh, you know, that's a factor for sure. Uh, anything that you're going to do on those short term, that that's still there, and, and Mahomes isn't going to go away. He's going to be extended. He's going to be a chief. You would assume, if not for life, at least for the vast majority of his career. So that that factor, you really have to make sure you're building something big and i think yeah all any of these free agent guys again outside of tom brady that you could add i just it just it doesn't really solve the whole issue like what what is your uh, the whole purpose of playing is to win a super bowl and yeah. uh you got to build for a, f- a future that's better than what's going on here so i think yeah any of the uh, justin herbert if you really believe he's the solution if not it might be worth trading up because getting the right quarterback in that division is going to be so crucial and, and like you're saying the broncos and raiders a lot of good things going on with their infrastructure some young players that are on the upswing and uh, i'm sure the raiders are going to be excited to have some of the guys that got hurt back so yeah, it's not going to be an easy division. And Chargers also, yeah, like you're saying, in this market, it's, yeah, I couldn't be, on a side note, more ecstatic about getting Mookie here. But uh, just overall, the amount of competition they have between all the different teams here and not just the Rams and obviously all these other NFL teams that are in Los An- or that have huge fan bases in Los Angeles uh, that are built in from all the years there are no teams here, even before, too. I mean, uh, it's it's kind of crazy. So uh, a lot of things on that end, I, I guess that from that point of view, getting Tom Brady becomes more important just for the pure ability to yep. draw some more fans. But at the end of the day, winning is the biggest thing that people care about in Los Angeles. And uh, that's going to start, you know, maybe not this year, but uh, if for the future, I think getting a young quarterback sooner rather than later, uh, you're really, I mean, you're just buying time. If you don't get one now, you're just waiting and waiting until eventually you're hoping down the line, you find the right solution. Yeah. I sense that trading up and you know getting someone in the top, whatever it winds up being, I think that may be the best option ultimately for them. And certainly that's probably the route they try to go if Tom Brady isn't an option, but uh, we'll see. Chargers, no doubt, are one of the probably top five most <laughs> intriguing teams in the offseason in terms of teams that, that really have to make, you know, a big, big move here in terms of uh, the importance of getting someone in there knowing that they're, you know, letting go of the, the guy that's been their quarterback for all these years. So uh, we'll see how it plays out there uh, with the Chargers. All right, some other uh, news and rumors going on, and we mentioned we'll get to Tom Brady in a second. David Johnson, someone that was talked about this weekend, ESPN did their, uh, and they do this every offseason. They, they, you know, all the writers go through each of the teams and sort of make predictions on what could happen in the offseason. And one of them had to do with the Cardinals and David Johnson. And there was a prediction that, you know, he could potentially be cut. Um, however, Dylan, as noted in some of the other reports, uh, doing that may not necessarily be an easy task for the Cardinals. Either way, though, we were talking about this before we started recording. Uh, th- that's another decision that that's pretty big for a franchise because, you know, Kenyon Drake's there now. Uh, we know David Johnson in terms of the injury situation he's had. Uh, you know, it's a coaching change. You've now got Cliff Kingsbury there after one year. Um, there, there's lots of things that are sort of different th- than they were when David Johnson was, you know, arguably one of the best running backs in the NFL or one of the most impactful ones. And now it's a situation of where does David Johnson go from here and where does the Cardinals, where do they go from here? Yeah, it illustrates a, th- a phenomenon that we've talked about a number of times. Everyone on the internet and the football world has talked about, and it is you know shelling out a lot of money to running backs does not yep. usually pan out well. These guys, I mean, they're 
it's it's just unfortunate for what you know for for the position itself in terms of how the game has developed and where we've gone but the value is just not there like it used to be I mean, it was illustrated perfectly in the super bowl by the, the <laughs> two starting running backs being undrafted and both guys excelling so yeah for david johnson he, he's a little bit easier than when we talk about todd Gurley in a second when you look at any of these guys and you see these rumors about guys being bigger names being cut or traded you really have to think uh, especially in the nfl there's a lot of uh dead cap ramifications on these contracts that just on some of these surface level articles are not mentioned David Johnson's isn't as bad as a lot of these guys. If they wait until after June 1st, um, they can, uh, for uh, I guess it, actually before June 1st, they could cut or uh, save $6 million, um, or dead cap of $6 million, and it would be a little over $8 million in cap savings, releasing him completely not an option. They'd have over $16 million in dead cap. They'd actually lose some more cap space if they released him. So it would have to really be a trade at this point. Who's going to take on that kind of contract? Yeah. Uh, that's the that's the question at this point. Uh, but if they're able to find the, the right suitor uh, that really wants to take on a guy like David Johnson with a lot of cap space, that they should definitely jump into it. But it's just, a, it's just another case of, we've seen this over the years now where these running backs get too big of deals and then eventually the teams want to move on and it just keeps repeating itself and uh you think eventually some of these teams are going to be smarter to not let this happen but it keeps happening so <laughs> for david johnson i'm not sure what the best solution is in terms of what team that could use him he's obviously still if he's on the field can still do a lot of good things but yeah. that, that's the issue with running backs in general and the value is that there are just so many guys that can get the job done in the right scenario so that really uh hampers their value yep uh that's like i mean that's one you know knowing cliff kingsbury and sort of you know certainly the focus on offense and the things they try to do on offense, um, you know, you you like to have multiple running backs you can rely on there. And um, like we said, you know, getting Kenyon Drake in there, I think was was a big move for them without question during the season. But uh, now it is it's uh, it's an important decision they have to make, too. And uh, it's one, as you mentioned, that that's going to come down to money in terms of uh, probably what they decide to do. And, and knowing the landscape of, of running backs right now in the NFL uh, maybe it is, you know, a situation where David Johnson uh, is with another team, but uh, we'll see how that one plays out. Speaking of uh, running backs that could be with other teams, now we get to, to your part here, Dylan. Uh, we finally circle back to the Rams. We didn't get to talk about them throughout the playoffs. Uh, you were very upset about that, but now we get to talk about them uh, because uh, there are thoughts that involve Todd Gurley, and this is another one in terms of the Rams being in a situation where, you know, it's potentially possible that, you know, perhaps trading Todd Gurley is something that could be in their plans. Uh, and you, you know, Sean McVay, and you had the report from me and Rappaport, um, you know, they want to sort of make a decision here in terms of what they're going to do. They were talking about all options being on the table of what they could do with Gurley. Um, but you know, again, there are hints that a trade could very well be, you know, the, the scenario that, that we see here play out. And I, you know, and again, it's another thing that comes down to money too, in terms of contracts. We always talk about contracts and, uh, I know for some people it's like, I don't know, man, it's just so hard to get into the contract stuff <laughs> and look at all the specifics, but especially in cases like this, uh, they are so important and it's going to be the same case here uh, with Todd Gurley. Yeah, we'll see uh, another case similar to David Johnson. The contracts came in around the same time and here we are now 
not so surprisingly discussing what their future is going to look like. There are a number of teams with a lot of cap space for both of these guys that could make it work if they really wanted to. I just, there's a reason these teams have a lot of cap space. They're, uh, you know, handling it a bit better. I I get Todd Gurley, such a huge part of what the Rams were able to do and how they had so much success when he was going, but that was predicated on their offensive line being much better than it was in 2019. Where it's going to be next year will be, is one thing, but uh, just his own health and his own impact on the field. We'll see how far along some of the other guys have come, what they really want to do. And uh, just another one where uh, this is a team in the Rams, though, that have done a great job of limiting their dead money. Uh, the last last season in particular, they're one of the lowest teams in terms of dead cap space. So that they can afford to, if they either whether they trade or release Todd Gurley, uh, it's going to be a little over $12 million in dead cap space. If they would save a little under $5 million on the salary cap, if they're able to make a move. So uh, they really need to be incentivized by a deal that makes sense because they do have the out in a couple of years where there's really not that much dead cap space. And he's still only going to be, you know, he's only going to be 26 this year and 27 and 2021. So uh, there's still a belief, it seems like, from a part of the Rams that he's going to be able to contribute in the future. But I think if a team like the Dolphins or one of these, the Bucks or one of these teams that hasn't had like a, a really bell cow back, I don't know if you can really rely on Todd to be that at this point with all the issues with his knee. But if a team does jump at the opportunity, say they offer, you know, I don't know what draft pick, but probably not in the first three rounds at least, but something uh, in return for him and you're able to get that you know, eat the dead cap space for one year. Uh, I mean, this is a team that's trying to eventually extend Jalen Ramsey. Obviously, the Goff deal, a ton of money there. And Donald, they, a team that is really has a lot of their cap space tied up into a few guys. If they really want to move on now, and again, they could they could cut him and get the same savings. So if they didn't have a trade in place, uh, that'll be one thing. I think they're going to probably keep him if they don't have a trade at this point. I would be surprised if they just cut him without getting in, anything in return. That that cap saving isn't in insanely big for this next coming season i think if you're able to make the trade it's more about the future and you know getting that dead cap space for one year they can eat it again a team that doesn't have that much dead cap space to worry about currently so they could probably deal with it for one season and then by 2021 uh have a fresh start well for the sake of this podcast if todd Gurley goes somewhere else we we hope it's one of two Locations, and that's either the Miami Dolphins, the new team uh, of the podcast after their uh, <laughs> tremendous improvement uh, throughout the season, as we noted. I mean, they they went from being what we thought was the worst team in the history of the NFL to being you know one of the most exciting teams to watch by the end of the season, uh, or to anyone in the AFC South. Um, so that that's our brand. If they're not going to stay with your team, the Rams, we need them to go. We need them to make a brand move here and go uh, to one of our other teams. I guess the Buffalo Bills, also an option for you. Uh, but, uh, you know, hey. They have a lot of cap space, but see, I don't think it makes sense. There you go. I, I don't <laughs> think it makes sense either. But um, that's uh, that's for our regular listeners who always enjoy, uh, you know, us simply adopting adopting teams throughout the year. And we, I guess we have a ton of them now. Uh, but uh, the entire AFC South, the Rams, the Dolphins, the Bills, um, we'll, we'll get everyone at some point, I'm sure. Um, but there you go. That's uh, sort of the, the situation with Todd Gurley, another one to watch here as we go throughout the offseason. Uh, the biggest one to watch is the one we hinted at earlier, Tom Brady. Um, I mean, look, there. If you, want, if you want rumors and you have a social media account, uh, pull up any one that you have and you're going to find a Tom Brady rumor uh, somewhere. <laughs> Now, I guess where things stand right now, and Ian Rapport put this out earlier uh, on on his Twitter as well, 
talking about this situation, you know, Robert Kraft's reasoning for for wanting Tom Brady to go into free agency, uh, you know, potentially leading him back to the Patriots. And then, uh, as you noted, Dylan, here, uh, there was also something uh, Bill Belichick had to say uh, about, you know, whether Brady could come back and whether he would want him back. Yeah, Tom Kieran was talking about, you know, if Belichick wants Brady back and I basically said it, the quote here was at a price. Yeah, from all I've gathered, he'd prefer to have time playing QB in 2020. But if it comes to a crossroads, Belichick can easily get his mind around saying goodbye to Brady. I mean, we've kind of known that, Yeah. Um, I think, for a while, though. Uh, going back to when they traded Garoppolo, there was the whole, all the reports saying that Robert Kraft wanted to keep Tom Brady and that Belichick was fine moving on and having Garoppolo kind of finally, you know, fill in. And that, that was the whole plan for Garoppolo. Obviously, Brady... Uh, kept playing too well for that to uh, really work out. And at a certain point, you can't let a guy, you're not going to be paying a backup millions and millions of dollars to sit on the bench and force him to uh, just sit there into his late 20s. So yeah. uh, that made the, made sense for them um, at the time, I think, to keep Brady really with how well he's played. Still have such a great infrastructure in place if they do move on. I just, I, I really, it's I, don't, I just don't think it makes sense now. <laughs> I think they they have time. To, if just bring Tom back, just I, they say out of price here, uh, the uh, Patriots aren't going to settle for something below it. But I think uh, given not just what he's done for the franchise, I know that's not how Belichick operates. He's not a guy that's going to get sentimental when it comes to these kind of uh, contract talks. But I just think even for the for the franchise itself and where they're going to be. I mean, if if you don't have Brady, yes, you have all this great infrastructure we've seen other guys fill in and play really well matt castle looked incredible in 2008 uh, after brady got injured um a lot of the things have changed but still a lot of good things going for the patriots obviously i just i still don't think there's a better option right now unless the patriots somehow were able to get to or something but i just uh you know i just don't see the the real route at this point for anyone other than brady uh it's really just imagine yourself though blake like <laughs> it, it, 2020 season starts and tom brady is on whatever team chargers raiders whoever and then who's playing quarterback for the patriots and who's going to get the job done at any rate huh. similar to tom i just I, it just sounds uh sur- surreal not really something that i anticipate happening no matter what the price is here's my favorite uh, bizarro world scenario and that is tom brady to the chargers and philip rivers to the patriots um i mean that would just you, you want to talk about storylines writing themselves uh, that would be great but that's not going to happen uh, like you said at this point it is it, it's a situation where look i we would all probably be much more shocked you know than not if tom brady doesn't turn to the patriots and uh you know there, there's so many factors involved and I think it goes back to what we said earlier. Yes, you know, we could make a case for the Colts and the Bucks and teams like that, but still, are, are they better scenarios in terms of getting to a Super Bowl and trying to add another, you know, Super Bowl trophy to, to your already large case? Um, they're not. And, and I don't, you know, I don't think Tom Brady's the missing piece for the Colts in terms of getting to a Super Bowl. I don't think Tom Brady's the missing piece for the Bucks when it comes to getting to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there's a lot more that both of those two teams need. Now, you could certainly say the same thing about the Patriots in a certain sense because, as we said, I mean, they need more playmakers. Um, you know, the defense is, is fine. I mean, you, you feel like the defense is going to be in good shape. Uh, but they they need, you know, something else to work with on offense, and that's the whole part of this thing. You know, if Tom Brady was sitting here in this scenario and the Patriots had, uh, you know, quality weapons around him in terms of consistent guys maybe that he's had at various points, and I'm sure there's guys I can mm-hmm. think of 
if I looked him up, you know, throughout his career there, uh, that you felt like were were better options if Gronk was still there. You know, if if other guys, wide receivers they had that we felt like were, were more reliable in terms of maybe one mm-hmm. through four, uh, we wouldn't, have, wouldn't be having this conversation. But I think that's what's <laughs> led to this is because you don't know what they're going to have. And, and I think it makes total sense for, for Brady to do what he's doing right now and to ultimately, like we said, probably talk with the Chargers, probably talk with the Raiders, uh, teams like that. And, you know, in turn, it, it probably is going to put the Patriots in a scenario where they say, hey, they realize what's out there. And if they can't get to it or someone like that, um, you know, their options are very limited. Yeah, I think it all leads to them eventually bringing them back, like you're saying. I think when they look at what what they'd have to do else otherwise, and for Tom Brady, I, yes, like right currently, like you're saying, like a tight end, definitely a concern for the Patriots moving forward. They do not have, uh, you know, even over the course of the year, Tom Brady, you have the the clips of him on the sideline talking to the players, telling him like, "I just need you guys to make you know more plays, like <laughs> make things happen here." Like it's just you could tell that he was getting frustrated. And there's been reports that he's been frustrated. They haven't used obviously a lot of top draft picks on younger on uh, on skill positions, uh, receiver, tight end, running back. So obviously running back that makes sense. But they, they did draft Sony Michelle in the first round. Yeah, I was gonna say their their running back situation is not perfect either. So <laughs> no, so I understand for him to look at uh, a better uh, maybe set of offensive weapons. But on the flip side. Not, none of these teams are, have Bill Belichick. They don't have that yep. defense. These are the things that have also helped Tom. I don't know. I don't think he's has the ego to really feel like he needs to go somewhere and prove something at this point uh, without Belichick. I don't think that's part of the equation, at least from what I can tell. So, uh, yeah, but I, yeah, that's that's the factor too. He could go somewhere and put up some big numbers with some better offensive weapons potentially, but that doesn't mean with your head coach and the rest of the organization and team that you're going to have the structure that's going to put you in a place to succeed. I think Tom only cares about winning, and at the end of the day, the team he's going to have the best chance at winning at is probably going to be the Patriots. I mean, the Colts would be interesting. Uh, it would be really <laughs> funny to see him on a Colts jersey after all the years of that rivalry was so intense. Um, but that that maybe was the one team where I'm like, I'm look, thinking about it that has the infrastructure in place yep. where I'd feel confident about them being able to win. Uh, you are in a tough division with Deshaun Watson and uh, now, you know, the Titans um, almost making the Super Bowl. But I do think the Colts, if they got Tom Brady with all the weapons they have, all the things they're able to do, I think they become a, a favorite right alongside the Chiefs and the, and the Ravens atop the AFC. Yep, I would agree with that. I think they're they're a better scenario than the Bucks, the Panthers, any teams like that, or, you know, even the even the Raiders or the Chargers. Um, yeah, it feels like the Colts would be the best option. But uh, as we both said, not sure it gets there. Um, all right, speaking of the Raiders, uh, they, they have their own quarterback situation. As we said, if Tom Brady's someone that they want to pursue, uh, you have other stuff. And we've – look, this is a conversation we've had for a while now in terms of, you know, is Derek Carr going to be the guy for the Raiders for, for a long period of time during John Gruden's tenure there? Um, and now we, we're circling back to the exact same question because – and we knew this was going to happen uh, in terms of, you know, whatever – you know, Mike Mayock's there now. Uh, we've seen the overhaul of that, you know, entire front office in recent years. And we know, uh, you know, it's it's a little bit different from Derek Carr now. No matter how, no matter what John Gruden said last year, no matter what he said going into the, I mean, there's no, like it's a, the NFL is a, it's a week to week thing. And, um, you know, things can change in terms of what the Raiders decide to do. Um, I think this is another one of those things we're going to have to look at. Uh, certainly if the Tom Brady to the Raiders stuff were to heat up, uh, but even if not, the Raiders are still in a spot where, 
you know, is Derek Carr going to be the guy that's going to ultimately put them ahead of a Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs? Um, you know, or, I mean, realistically, and, and this is way smaller of a sample size, but as we said, the Chargers have a, an unknown quarterback situation right now. But, I mean, Drew Locke, we said, looked pretty good with the Broncos uh, in, the, in the little time he played last year. And I'm not saying he's better than Derek Carr right now, uh, but the Raiders are in that same spot in that, and I know it's more than just about a divisional race, but, you know, that's a path to the playoffs. And, you know, it's a situation where I, I'm not sure what the Raiders do next in terms of, you know, is Derek Carr going to be there long term or, or is he not? Yeah, I mean, if again, if you can get Tom Brady, sure. <laughs> but I don't uh, – and I know there's been rumors connected to the Raiders, all the stuff uh, when they had the UFC fight there in Vegas and Dana White saying, you know, if he leaves the Pats, this is where he's coming. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, not not exactly the, the source that we usually go to for our <laughs> NFL breaking news. But, there, yeah, there's – there's I mean, uh, uh, Michael Lombardi uh, wrote about – had a report about uh, the Raiders behind the scenes looking for replacements. You have – Victor for the athletic also saying that teams are going to be checking in with the Raiders uh, for his price at the combine as a trade option. So uh, it's, it's possible. And yeah, I don't, I don't think we've ever really felt like uh, John Gruden's completely been married to the idea of Derek Carr being the guy to carry him to the promised land. You're moving to a new city. I don't think they're going to have a problem uh, with uh, gaining fans there. Those fans in in Las Vegas really took to the the golden Knights so quickly when they were founded there. And uh, you have the, people still from Los Angeles are going to be traveling to Vegas. I don't think they have the same uh, concerns maybe with marketing the team the same way that the the Chargers do, but they still would both uh, experience a pretty big uh, boom from getting a guy like Brady. Uh, but if you can't, I, I just don't know. They're not – obviously don't have nearly as high of a draft pick. They'd have to trade up if they really want to get one of these top quarterbacks we've been talking about. I just don't know what the better alternatives are uh, other than Tom Brady, I, I don't think Drew Brees, again, another guy that technically could be on the move or retire, but I think he's either retiring or staying with the Saints. So uh, at this point, I feel like Derek Carr probably going to end up staying, but uh, it, it's become clear that they're not totally sold on him for the future. And if he does stay, it might only be for the first year in Vegas. Yeah, we'll see. Um, the Raiders, as we said, I mean, not not they don't feel like they're that I mean they weren't you know their their ending to the season wasn't great but it doesn't feel like they're that far off in terms of you know being able to at least get to that point to where they're you know having a chance to make the playoffs each season yeah. and uh you know trying to rebuild the roster that was something they were going to try to do in the very beginning you know when Gruden came in Mayock comes in um but uh we'll we'll see they're they're another team so many teams here that are kind of on that point where you could see them next year completely sort of, you know, going back to staying under 500 for a while, or, you know, they could make their move. And uh, will Derek Carr be with them? Uh, we'll see. Quarterback, uh, this is this is the offseason of quarterbacks, and uh, going to be a lot of fun to see how that unfolds. All right, we're going to wrap up with what we think uh, is probably going to be, a, I assume at this point, a, a probably episode – occurrence each time we we do a podcast i'm gonna assume we're gonna be able to find one of these um out there because of the the nfl rumor season like we said uh, we're gonna be able to find just the most absurd possible rumor in terms of trades and we're gonna break it down <laughs> uh all right i and we're not we're not gonna talk about the source here because i'm gonna be honest with you i don't I, I don't even remember what the source was but i remember seeing this on twitter earlier um, there is a rumor out there, and this is what we're saying. When you look at, at potential options in the trade market, you have to do your research, not just in terms of think about you know two teams making a trade, but you have to look at all the details that go along with it. 
there <laughs> there was a rumor out there, uh, and this is on Twitter. So just have fun on Twitter. Like you can do this. You can entertain yourself for hours on Twitter searching for for NFL trade rumors in the offseason because it's so fun to do. Uh, you just put a couple teams in, and you're probably going to find a rumor somehow connecting those two teams together. Um, and this one involved the Chicago Bears, you know, inquiring with the Redskins. Uh, for the number two pick in the 2020 NFL Draft. However, it wasn't just that. It was also potentially a deal involving Khalil Mack, who, (laughs) by the way, is getting paid a lot of money, and uh, Dylan has a contract that I'm going to guess probably a situation where he's not going to be traded. Yeah, I anticipate (laughs) that not being the case. They do have... And uh, similar where they have a potential out in a couple of years. I don't think they're going to end up using that. They did front load uh, in 2018 with how much money you came in. But yeah, we're, we're looking again, all these ridiculous rumors. I can't stress enough the importance of going to uh, spot track and looking up the, the dead cap numbers and the, the cap saving numbers. Okay. So it's one thing, like you're saying, if the bears, uh, they're negotiating a trade. Sure. That's great. Khalil Mack being involved for it just makes absolutely no sense. He has one of the most untradeable contracts in the NFL at this point. Uh, no matter if he's so, if they if they traded him, the dead cap was over forty five million, which is just <laughs> a, a staggering number. But at the flip on the on the same time, they'd have a cap savings of negative nineteen million, which is just amazing. <laughs> That's just perfect. So you, yeah, I mean, you have a combined losing all the money in the cap, then plus all the dead cap space. It's just so, it's just, it's, you're not, it's not tra- getting traded. It's just absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. Uh, it's pre- I mean, overall with rumors on Twitter, obviously make sure you're looking at someone who's uh, not, not necessarily just verified, but someone that actually has a track record of reporting this kind of stuff. Um, and if, if it does proliferate to uh, bigger names and they, they can say, hey, we got it first. But I, I honestly, a lot of the time, it's just the, some of these guys are taking shots in the dark and hoping that something happens. Some may, might have actual sources, but you can probably spell out anyone that's saying that Khalil Mack with that contract is being dangled as a trade is not being legit at this point. <laughs> yeah, um, I think there's a better chance that Dylan being traded from clutch points to the Redskins than Khalil Mack being traded from... Um, oh, of the Bears to the Redskins. So Dylan's not going anywhere, though. We, he gets paid too much money uh, at Clutch <laughs> Points. His, his contract, you were talking about a dead cap space. Man, oh, uh, Clutch Points would take <laughs> on a lot in that scenario. Um, all right, that'll wrap it up. Uh, as we said, having fun with our, our NFL rumors. Lots of stuff going around out there uh, right now on the NFL uh, rumor mill. Uh, there's a lot more to come, but uh, Dylan, we actually, uh, for our next episode here, as we said, and once we get into the off season, we're going to have an opportunity to do a lot more fun stuff, and that's what we're doing. Uh, and we're actually going to have uh, a former NFL player on with us uh, for our next episode. We are going to bring on a uh, former uh, fullback in the NFL, uh, played for several teams. He was with the Chargers for several years, with the Panthers for several years, and he was with the Bills uh, for a short stay as well. Uh, that is Mike Tolbert, uh, who we will have on the podcast in our next episode uh, later this week. And Dylan, as we sort of talked about coming on, sort of good timing, I guess. Someone who uh, has experience with Philip Rivers, but uh, he's also uh, doing some really great things uh, outside of football that we're going to talk about as well. Yeah, absolutely. Like you said, the, the timing perfect here. The first part, portion of his career, he's coming up as an undrafted guy. Uh, played with Philip Rivers for a number of years. Ran, uh, you know, blocked for a number of really big name running backs. You think that have gone through the Chargers over the years, obviously. Um, at that point in time, still with LT. So 
yeah, it's going to be good stuff. Excited to talk to him. He's uh, started a, a rock box gym. It's a uh, boxing, kickboxing, all these different things that uh, he's really pumped about. He's been, uh, you know, doing uh, promoting all this stuff for a while here. So excited to get talking to him. And uh, yeah, we'll have some questions, I'm sure, about the Super Bowl itself. You got an, an undrafted guy in Mike Tolbert, two undrafted running backs that have made it. So talk to him about that, uh, all the Philip Rivers stuff and uh, just overall his career. So it should be a good time for sure. Yep, should be some good stuff from him. We look forward to chatting with them uh, but uh, Dylan uh, for all the other stuff we have going on lots of stuff as we mentioned going on in the rumor mill in the NFL uh, let everybody know where they can find all that stuff over clutch points yeah you can go to clutchpoints.com under the NFL tab for all of our NFL content um, the app itself no more games to follow unfortunately but all of the news and editorials are included in there as well as this podcast we have our our tab in there you can find our podcast you know the same places it's not going to be going anywhere now you know we got blue wire here but uh, gonna help us uh, promote to even more outlets um but overall yeah if you're currently listening on apple or spotify or google play or any of those places our, our podcast will still be fed into the same feed so no no concerns there but yeah excited uh for the combine and uh, eventually free agency in the draft all these things that are coming up here we'll, we'll keep up with all the rumors and try to you know I'm, there's no shortage of things that we can talk about obviously the nba stuff uh, we have tons of nba content the trade deadline just passed with all-star week can still coming up you can still find all that in clutch points and yeah excited for tamir and uh and ryan to bring their podcast over to blue wire as well a lot to talk about with the lakers and clippers yep for sure that'll be fun the rest of the way and uh, lots of fun going on in the nfl offseason be sure to check all that out subscribe to the podcast and uh, we will talk to you guys next time here on the Establish the Past podcast. Some cars are comfy on the inside, but don't have power on the outside. And some cars have the horsepower, but none of the comfort. I used to think there weren't any cars that were the total package. But that all changed when I got my Honda SUV. It's rugged and sophisticated. And right now, Honda has deals on the entire Honda SUV lineup. CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, you name it. So if you're looking for a car that's the total package, the only place you'll find it is at your local Honda dealer. Hurry before they're all gone.